1,000 years ago, the Kanoko region was much different than the one we know today. Long before the establishment of the Pokemon League and gyms, before there were thriving Pokemon centers and Pokemarts in every town, before child trainers roamed the land totally unsupervised, there were people and there were Pokemon. Without the technology and resources of today, anyone who claimed that they wished to be a Pokemon master would have been thought of as arrogant, delusional, or even suicidal. While many people might have relied on a Pokemon companion or two for work purposes, it would be out of the question for an average person to have the skill to fully evolve a Pokemon, much less the time or resources. More mouths to feed, more space needed for these creatures to live, and the knowledge that if that Pokemon ever turned on you, the odds were not in your favor. And while small domestic Pokemon may have had a certain charm for some, many people could never shake the knowledge of the truly horrific creatures in the wild. Traveling merchants, foolhardy adventurers, and sunken-eyed nomads would regale townspeople with tales of giant serpents formed of stone, massive, gluttonous beasts that devoured everything in their path, dragons with the power to burn down forests, abominable creatures that lurked in the deep waters waiting to destroy anything that dared enter their territory. The list goes on. But the tides turned with the rise of the Keepers. Thought by many to be mad, these Wardens of the Wilderness sought to work alongside Pokémon and utilize their full potential, pushing the limits of what most thought possible and what any thought reasonable. With their enchanters, healers, artificers, herbalists, battlemasters, the Keepers pioneered the use of Pokéballs, potions, all of the items that we use today and ushered in a new era of peace and prosperity between people and Pokémon in the Kanoko region. However, that road to peace was a long one, and as we look back on our history and how the Kanoko region became what it is today, we must take a closer look at two key figures from the past. Virgil and Jaquise, who began their adventures together as initiates of the Keepers. A tall, slender woman stands in front of the two initiates, eyeing them up and down. Her body's covered in various leathers and furs, and on her head is a decorated skull headdress with horns matching those of the sleek houndoom that slinks lazily back and forth behind her, the thin, muscular black hound flicking its tail to and fro. In front of her, on the left, stands Virgil. Andrew, would you like to describe your character and his Pokemon? Yeah. So Virgil is uh, a 12-year-old. He's uh, pretty meek and kind of like lithe. He uh, has uh, white-gray hair, um, really, really pale blue eyes, and a uh, like, little, little pair of wire glasses on his face. He, he wears a little like tunic that kind of has like, it's almost like a tunic hoodie sort of action. It's, it's like very like warm clothing. Very, very like pale color uh, scheme. 
in existence. And uh, he ha- always at his side uh, is his uh, faithful Growlithe, Ellie, who is uh, just a really cute Growlithe. Just a really, really cute Growlithe. And she, like, stays really close to him and will, like, heat him up sometimes. And she's the best. Nice. And as this woman is uh, standing in front of you two and uh, eyeing you up and down, I think that Virgil has a moment of realizing what all has brought him to this point. So, Virgil, back on the Orange Islands, tell me about growing up there when you were very young. So, grew up on the uh, Orange Islands, yay, with uh, researchers and people that were explorers mainly, um, people that were trying to understand the land and Pokemon there, um, both parents being researchers to some extent, spent time playing with Pokemon as there weren't a lot of kids there and and learning about them and just like finding a fondness and love for them and and uh yeah it was uh adventurous to say a lot of sleeping in tents and makeshift housing but uh that was what he was kind of born to so that's what he was used to what was it like the day that you got Ellie the best day Ever Were you, like, at home or... Uh, so I was at the camp, and my mother, Marion, caught a, a Growlithe out in the wild or, or tamed a Growlithe. Mm, yes, because there uh, are no Pokeballs at her disposal. Yes. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that as somebody <laughs> that grew up from day one of Pokemon. But, yeah, so she, uh, she kind of brought back a friendly Growlithe and gave Virgil a, a friend to play with and uh, a companion when his parents would both be out in the field researching. And it fostered a lot of his love for research and understanding. And so he would spend a lot of nights with Ellie in his lap reading about Pokemon from what books he had or sources of research. So if we, if we go back to that day, what, what does your mother look like? What does Marion look like in your mind? Marion is a very athletic woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine her as uh, probably the uh, some of the muscle of like the research. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine her always probably having a machete on. Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and his dad Oliver always kind of being more of like the egghead. Mm-hmm. That probably is more who he looks like. Yeah, to some extent. Yeah. So I think that on that day, uh, it's a beautiful day in this, you know, tropical land. Uh, there's so much to be explored and discovered here. And you all are at your um, sort of base, your camp, your home. And Marion comes up and she's got her hands behind her back and she says, Oh, Virgil, will you put the book down? Uh, yeah. So um, I know you've been having a lot of fun playing with the Pokemon here on the island and uh, a lot of them roam free around here, but uh, well, and she pulls out this little Growlithe little puppy-sized Growlithe. It's already a puppy, but it's obviously a fairly young Growlithe. Then she says, found this little friend for you, and uh, go on, play with her. So Andrew is actually going to weep right Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I freaking love dogs. So that's probably what Virgil does, too, is just cry and play with a dog and be super excited and run around with it. Yeah, from the memory of those happy tears, there was a flash of lightning. And we shift to a memory of different tears. Not happy tears. Not happy tears. What happened on the boat? God. On the return trip home to Shiitake, at about the age of nine, there was a really violent storm and really, really bad thunder. 
and his mom grabbed Virgil and told Ellie to take care of him um, as he watched his dad run up on deck to help sailors and then his mom went up there as well and the last thing he remembers is a very very powerful strike of thunder and a silence and then the ship being just torn apart Marion rushes you below deck and Ellie who is older and bigger at this point is directly by your side as Marion says watch him take care of him we'll be back but hold on and she rushes above deck and shuts the hatch and you hear the sounds of uh, their footsteps and the footsteps of the other members of the crew everyone else who is a part of this trying to keep the ship right you hear the flying of sails up and down the ripping of sails the breaking of the mast another flash And you're on the beach now. You've washed up and uh, you wake to the feeling of a very, very wet and unhappy Ellie licking your face as you come to among the wreckage of the ship. There are one or two people nearby. And uh, for a moment, as as someone calls for a a healer, someone to come help this boy who just washed up on shore, a small crowd starts to gather uh, and it's overwhelming for a second. And you feel the anxiety riding up and Ellie senses this and comes to you and and comes close to you to give you comfort as you're just trying to get your bearings to figure out where your parents are. What's going on? Why aren't you on the ship? What is this beach? And then you see another familiar figure who looks not unlike your mother, Grace Willow, your aunt. What does she do? Grace approaches me with uh, tears in her eyes and just holds Virgil tight. Meanwhile, Ellie is heating up to, like, heat him up. And probably a mixture of happy tears that she found him and sad tears at the news that she's going to have to tell him. But she takes him to her house and starts to bring back life into him. While you were lucky enough to wash up on the intended shores of the voyage, of the return home, Virgil, you were the only survivor of that shipwreck. You and Ellie washed up with the wreckage. As you walk home with Grace, we flash forward again to much closer to present day, I'd say maybe just a week ago. How has Virgil's mental state been since then? Is he haunted by this? Is uh, Where is he at? Is, is there anxieties? Is there fear? He goes through, uh, or at least has gone through, a pretty terrible bout of depression. Very early on after the event is a lot of spending time in bed and recovering. Uh, he hasn't always had white and gray hair. That was something that was new after the shipwreck. But Grace and Ellie both kind of take care of him. He's bedridden probably for three months just from it and from like the mental injuries of all of that Mm -hmm. and being nine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But uh, he begins to uh, find out that uh, his aunt is... Uh, researcher similar to his mother and his father. Mm-hmm. She um, is known as uh, the Sage of Shiitake, Sage Willow. Sage Willow, let's go. And she begins to like share with him some of her studies and some of her knowledge on Pokemon, and that seems to bring Virgil a little bit out of his depression. 
Meanwhile, Ellie kind of functions as a almost pseudo service animal Mm -hmm. in the sense that she helps him. Like when he starts having like nightmares or really high anxiety, she'll lay across him and just like heat up her body Mm -hmm. and comfort him and like keep him from moving. It's almost like a weighted blanket dog. Yeah. 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 Let's go. Um, and the the combination of those two help him kind of move to a place where he starts to become excited about learning again about Pokemon and like his love that he has for Ellie and the connection to her really sparks a a, a an interest and a love for the idea of the coexistence and togetherness that could be garnered between humans and Pokemon. Yeah, as opposed to just fear. Yeah. Uh, because in this world, there is a lot of fear. It is not Pokemon world of today where it's, you know, there's there's trainers and like, it's, oh, it's all fun. And I've got my Pokeballs and a Pokemon. So like, I'll be fine. There is danger in the wilderness. And there is even danger in towns, in villages, in cities sometimes. Because there are so many different kinds of these creatures that are adapted to so many different environments that find them anywhere. And while some of them are docile and friendly natured and easygoing, there are others who are not. Scyther. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that one day you're, you're sitting at the table with your aunt Grace and she says, you know, Virgil, I've been thinking about something. Yeah. Well, I think I've told you uh, that for a while I've been working on gathering some, uh, research and, and notes and uh, things for uh, this group, uh, the, these keepers. I've, I've told you a little bit about them, yeah, but they yeah, are. Yeah. Um, I've um, I've spoken with some of the heads over there, and um, I think it might be a good idea if you joined up with them or at least checked it out. I know that you have a good heart, and you have a heart for Pokemon and for people, and I know that you want everybody to have the friendships like you have with Ellie and obviously not everyone wants that or thinks that that can happen but from everything I've seen I think that these are that these are good people and um, I think that joining them might be good for you and like I said there's no obligation but if you if you want to check it out you know see how things go it's your choice though yeah that sounds good all right well I'll get in contact with them again and we'll make that happen can I borrow a journal Absolutely, I've got plenty. I borrow a journal. <laughs> if you said no, I guess we're not playing D and D tonight. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun, guys. Cool, uh, awesome. Well, well that's it, awesome. uh, and that's uh, well. I'm gonna go take a bath. Uh, we're gonna go. Virgil never goes. He's just like really cool. He's, He's like, like okay, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm, go. I'm out. I think I'm gonna play Fortnite. Oh, <laughs> ooh, because he's twelve. <laughs> I'm gonna dip out of this universe. I just oh I just backflip out of existence. Well, bye forever. She gives you a notebook, though. Nice. It's going to be really special. And then we come back to the present day, to this scene. From there, we look down at this notebook that you've been given on the table, and it, here it is, right at your side. I, I imagine like a little um, book belt kind of yeah. thing. A book holster. Yeah. Let's go. And we see that at your side as we then look back up as uh, this woman in this headdress is looking you up and down. And then her eyes shift to the fellow next to you. Jayquees, will you describe yourself? 
Jayquees looks like a concerned, beefy, 17-year-old Zach Galifianakis with a big, patchy teen beard. He appears to be thinking very hard about something, and at his side is a completely unhappy-looking Evie who watches the Houndoom and the Growlithe with uh, what can only be described as um, intelligent hatred. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this Evie is naughty by nature. <laughs> this Evie is naughty by nature. It is naughty the nature. most muscular, scarred, mean tomcat of an Evie. <laughs> Uh, and are we getting into, like, the flashback? <laughs> <laughs> we are not, actually. Okay. I love the idea of the character just being like, uh, are, we, are we flashing back now? <laughs> are, we, are, we, are we doing this? That and other guy flashbacked. Actually, flashbacked? if I could take the reins here for a second. <laughs> As the narrator says, no, we're not yet, but go, good, you do you. <laughs> Jaquees begins to think about his childhood in the Orange Islands, and he remembers Mother Marion catching a gr- Nope, 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 not me. Wrong. Okay. Focus, focus. Oh, God, look at these big dogs. Oh, God, that big dog is so scary. I have a piece of sausage. Should I give it to them? No, is that okay? Probably not. I wonder what their name is. Jaquees. Jaquees. Uh, yes, sorry. Uh, and I think he, like, like his brow unfurrows for a second, and he, like, actually remembers to breathe in as somebody says his name. <laughs> uh, I think that um, as another uh, note of interest, another point of interest here, Jaquees has sustained an injury recently. Oh, yeah. And in addition to the Eevee that's next to you, I imagine you tell me if it's something else, but uh, I imagine in a sort of baby Bjorn almost is an injured Abra. Yes, but clutching at my throat, reaching like back, out of the, the baby. Nope, reaching out of the baby <laughs> Bjorn. <laughs> refusing to let, not like choking, but just clutching at his <laughs> just, collar and throat. Just, it's just, he's basically just a sweater. He's he is a turtleneck. Yeah, this, 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 this little Abra refuses to uh, let go. To be put down. Amazing. As um, you are snapped out of it, the woman in front of you says, So, you two are our newest recruits. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're a little worse for wear, and you're a little younger than we usually take in, but <laughs> Arthur uh. says he sees something in you, and your aunt's word carries a lot of weight around here, so we'll make this work, and you two won't get yourselves killed. Sound good? Yes. Hopefully. And her stone-cold expression breaks into a smile, and she says, <laughs> joking aside, though, joining the Keepers is a serious <laughs> business, <laughs> and I hope you are prepared for what lies ahead. Now, we are the guardians of civilization against the creatures that lurk out in the unknown. But not only that, we are emissaries into that unknown. Because while there are plenty of dangers out there in the world of Pokemon, there are also opportunities for partnerships, for friendships, and she pets the Houndoom's head fondly. Oh, I want to give it, I want to give it this sauce. I have a piece of sausage. Uh, she snaps at you. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not saying it out loud. I, I want to be She physically snaps as you zoned out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. I love that this, I cannot tell whether or not you are doing your thing, Joe, or you're actually being you. <laughs> I was like, oh, Joe. And then no, I was like, oh, no, never mind. <laughs> I was like, I, Andrew, want to do that, too. <laughs> She, well, she snaps you back into focus. She says, in many ways, we are in uncharted territory. Plenty of people have small, less dangerous Pokemon partners for domestic or business help or as companions. But very few 
have done what we do. Train them for battle and protection. My name is Pandora. I'm a battle master, and I will be your commander. Before we go any further, Virgil and Jaquise, I would love to know, why do you want to be keepers? I quickly look at... <laughs> I quickly look over at Jaquise. <laughs> uh, 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 I think Jaquise's mind is a blank. Um, mm-hmm. And he says... Uh, I'm thinking of my answer. <laughs> this this little guy was in a trap, and I think that's wrong. And I know that doesn't sound like um, um, like a, like a big reason, um, but I would like none of them to be in traps in the future, for the foreseeable future. None none Pokemon to be. You know what I mean? He's just a little guy. Look at him. <clears throat> the Abra is still clutching his <clears throat> hands around your throat. <clears> throat> um. I just look at that site for like a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll look over at Pandora. Uh, I just want to um, study Pokemon to, to, to help people understand them. Good. Also that there's no need for hesitation. That, that's good. You're very intimidating. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 12. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready for it, Joe. Here comes the Andrew card. I'm 12. The woman in a skull headdress with a devil dog doesn't know what you're talking about. Oh, I want to feed that dog. Oh, I want to feed that dog. Oh, I want to feed that dog. I love the idea that you were like, Grace is like, hey, I've got some friends that are they're going to be really great. And then I walk in. Yeah, it's Mola Ram from Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. I walk in on day one, and there's a barbarian woman with a hound doom, one of the scariest Pokemon for a child to meet. And I'm like, huh, huh, this is a brave new world. What is this stuff? Isn't it neat? <laughs> Don't you want to give the big dog a treat? <laughs> yeah, I do. Did I say that out loud? Oh, God, I'm sorry. It's a good, it looks like a good dog. He's a good dog. Cerberus dogs. is a very good dog. Oh, God, it's Cerberus. Cerberus? So, before you can fully join the Keepers, you must prove yourselves by completing a task. Now, there's been a pair of Pokemon wandering around the outskirts of Shiitake City, paralyzing and poisoning farmers and their Pokemon when they're trying to work in the fields. The city elders have reached out to us to see about taking care of the problem, and that's where you come in, initiates. Remove the problem, and if you can, capture the creatures and bring them back here. And she reaches into her bag and hands each of you an apricorn. These are plants that you have seen all over the place. Very common, different types of apricorns on all different types of trees. She hands each of you an apricorn, but these are different than just your regular apricorn you would see hanging from a tree. Uh, These have runes carved into them and this ornate metal implanted on it. Uh. She hands each of you one and says, any questions? A lot. A lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. Well, all right. So so I shouldn't eat this? Do not eat that. Okay. That is how you will capture the Pokemon, or at least attempt to capture. You get one as part of your trial. How? How? She pulls out an apricorn of her own, and she actually uh, pulls it off of a belt that she has around her waist. Awesome. 
She pulls this apricorn off of her belt and it glows for a moment. And the houndoom seems to be at attention for a moment. Uh, as she says, these can capture Pokemon. What? We've started calling them Pokeballs because, and she taps one of the metal bits on this apricorn and with a magical energy, the houndoom is sucked into the ball. Oh, I pet, I pet Ellie because it's kind of disturbing. Oh God, is it okay? Um, oh, of course he's okay. It's so it's so big and it went in the small ball. And we haven't seen anything like this, right? Oh no, I, you have seen nothing <laughs> okay, like this ever. I'm before. holding my dog. I'm scared. She taps the piece of metal again, and Houndoom, with another magical flourish, comes out and lands on the ground and hops up and starts licking Pandora's face. Happy oh. to be there. Oh, wow. Is it hungry? Probably. Cerberus how, is usually hungry. How did it... How do you fit in the, the ball? Drop all your lore. <laughs> well, our artificer has been working on the, um... The, the runes, the, um... I don't know. Uh, to be honest, a lot of the actual lingo is, is over my head, and I don't know. He's much more, um, magically inclined than I am, but essentially, with these magical runes and the, uh, proper components, these apricorns are able to be used as these Pokeballs, where they can capture Pokemon. I would like to make a Lovecraft-style sanity check. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. I I think he's actually simple enough to kind of get it, you know? Like, his intelligence is not hindering him here. Can I make an Arcana check just to see if I, like, am fathoming what she's putting out? Sure, yeah, just to see if you can have any sort of, like, comprehension of what's happening right now. That's a 23. 23. It's like, okay, I there are magical things in this world. If there is now a particular sort of magic that can do this sort of thing, it's, it's weird, but it makes sense. It's like a pocket dimension sort of thing. In a way. Okay. Across the room, Jake Wee starts to think, it's weird, but it kind of makes sense. <laughs> J- Jake Wee's. Jake ah, Wee's. Sorry. Back sorry. here. Back here. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> Oh, can I put Chevy in that thing? I mean, he scratches me if I try to pick him up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, look, and he, like, holds up one meaty tricep. Like, he, like, lifts his arm, like, elbow up, and you can see, like, like a, like a deep. tricep. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't have those. (laughs) Pandora says, well, if you complete this task... And you are official members of the Keepers. If you wish to have a, a Pokeball for your Pokemon, that is one of the many things we will be able to provide you with as part of your membership. Oh, yes, of course. Thank. And I think he, he sort of st- like stiffens up and kind of remembers that he's like talking to like an immediate superior and like tries to be on his best behavior, which is not a thing he's uh, good at doing. I'm going to whisper in Ellie's ear, uh, I will never put you in a ball. I pat her head. She's the best. Don't get in a barking contest with the Houghton Doom. (laughs) No. mm, Don't. So, so what direction? (coughs) So what? Hold on a second. And he pulls the Abra's claws just a little (laughs) bit looser from around his neck. I was like, Rick, what's going on? (laughs) What what direction should, 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 is, is it from here? You said it was in the outskirts. Correct. So, where you all are at right now, the um, Keeper base is on the eastern side of the Shiitake Forest. 
Shiitake City is on the western side. Ah. Uh-huh. Wait, so... So you'll need to travel west. Shiitake Forest, the keeper is, is, is on the other side of the forest from the city. Correct. Cool. It is removed. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but, yes. Did I get dropped off here, or was I sent through the forest alone? <laughs> you were dropped off. Okay. Yeah. Grace dropped you off. I actually know that part of the woods pretty well. Um, it shouldn't take us too long to get to the outskirts. I always know which way is north. Oh, cool. I have an excellent memory for maps and geography and can always recall general features and find food and fresh water for up to five people. <laughs> I forgot to choose a background feature. <laughs> and the tools that might there come with that. You can fix it in post. It's cool. Then your excellency, highness, ma'am, will we will endeavor to accomplish the task that thou hast set to us. Do you have any more questions about any of this? Do, do, you, do you know what Pokemon they are? All we know from the reports that we've been given is that they are insects of some sort, which reminds me, oh. and she reaches back into the bag and gives each of you two potions and by potions i mean that they are each vials of potions and she gives you each two of them but they're red potions well flasks they're they're both potions but one is actually the item potion but the other is more of a uh, a yellowy liquid and she says this is a full heal these things are pokemon that use uh we've heard reports of poison and and paralyzation and uh messing with people's minds so that'll do the trick whatever the case may be but she gives you each a potion and a full heal. Excellent. And one Pokeball. And one Pokeball. She says the primary objective is to remove the Pokemon from that area. But as a bonus, if you bring them back, we'll have a little something extra for you. Oh, then we shall put to work forthright, madam. Yeah, yes, ma- madam, we will put to work forthright and... Um, I keep looking at Jaquees. And accomplish, and accomplish this great this deed. Great deed. You, you, you don't. You don't have to try to speak fancy around me, boys. It's all right. Just, just speak like people. Yes, ma'am, Miss Pandora. That, oh, that's the that's the hard part. Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think we, you know. Shuffle forth, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I love that because I'm 12, I'm going to look to you for social cues. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, guys. And my curse is actually pretty stacked. <laughs> Mine is two. I'm a ranger with a, with something going on and with high charisma. Oh, Let's my go. gosh. Great. So you all are ushered out of the uh, the gates of the Keeper Fort and you all are sent on your way, and you start to travel west toward the outskirts of Shiitake City to find whatever these weird bugs are.
Hello, friends. Jonah here to say thank you for listening to the first episode of Kinoko Origins, our Postcards from Pearl spinoff series. We hope you're enjoying it when we hit our Patreon goal to make this happen a while back. I was very excited to run something with a bit of a different, darker take on the Pokemon 5e system, and we've been having a blast. Also, thank you to Joe the DM for creating the homebrew system for Pokemon 5e. If you're interested in starting up your own game, you can get all the rules and supplements at Pokemon5e.com. Also, you should check out Joe the DM's podcast, You Meet in a Tavern. They are running a great Pokemon 5e campaign called Void, so go check that out and support the creator of this awesome system that we're playing on. Also, much in the same way that we did with Bound and Villagers, we are going to be alternating releases of Kinoko Origins with our other new side quest, Fortuna. If you enjoy stuff like Indiana Jones, Uncharted, you know, anything cool and treasure hunty, heck, you can even throw National Treasure in there if you want. You're going to love Fortuna. We're playing a new game called Vault, an action-adventure powered by the Apocalypse system that Joe Lytus and I have been working on. Fortuna is basically like our live playtest of the system, so we'd love for you to give it a listen, give us your feedback. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our amazing partner, Dice Envy. During the month of June, we will be donating all of our Dice Envy commission to the Bail Project to combat mass incarceration, help reunite families. There's a lot of folks out there who need help, and the Bail Project is a wonderful organization that we are thrilled to support. So by going to DiceEnvy.com QuestCo or by using promo code QuestCo at checkout, you can get 10% off of your order and know that 15% is going to be donated directly to the Bail Project. We also have a giveaway happening over on the Quest Company Twitter. You can win a beautiful set of metal dice from Dice Envy, uh, specifically the 16 candle set. They're very retro, very cool. All you got to do to enter is donate directly to the Bale Project and let us know you did. We'll be gathering entries for that through the end of the month. If you're a fan of the Quest Company, please do us a favor. Go to our page on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It's a huge help to us. We read every review that comes in. And if you really love what we do here at the Quest Company and you'd like to take the next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us with necessary expenses, help us continue to improve the quality of the show, and get access to exclusive content and other cool patron rewards. And us meeting Patreon goals is how stuff like this series happens. So that's pretty cool. If you want to give us that support, you could do so at patreon.com slash questcompanypodcast. We also have a link to the Patreon on our website, questcompanypodcast.com. If you'd like to contact us, you could do so directly through the Connect page on our website or by finding us on Twitter, Instagram, etc. at the Quest Company. You can also come hang out with us in our Discord. If you need links to any of those things, go check out our website. It's all there. I'd like to take a moment to thank the wonderful artist whose music is featured in this episode. Thank you to PU Freak for the song Abandoned Battlefield. Thanks to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective for Trouble at Slowpoke Well, Route 29, Battle Wild Pokemon, and Journey to Johto. Thank you to Dark Fantasy Studio for the songs The Forest, Incantation, Panic Attack, and Eternity. Thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambient sounds. That's all for me, so let's get back to our initiates and see what happens next. Thank you for joining us here at the Quest Company.
as you all are on your way, how, how are you uh, traveling? Are you going by the road? Are you trying to take a shortcut there, Jayquees? What are y'all doing? I'm following Jayquees. <laughs> Could I roll a survival check to sort of feel my way around uh, th- these woods if, if I have any particular, you know, if, if I've been in them as a messenger uh, recently? Are there trails that I should use other than the road, or is the road going to serve us just fine? Mm, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Give me a survival check. Also, I will continue to point out which way is north. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, uh, that's, a, that's a 15 unassisted, but if, if he's helping out by keeping us north... I'll go ahead and give you the advantage since yeah, he's, since he's helping navigate. I was even navigate. trying for that. We're, we're, it was just going to be like, I want to be useful. Hey, that's an 18 now. I'm so, 12. Um, I'm also, <laughs> what uh, skills is the Eevee? Uh, what is the Eevee's name again? The Eevee's name is Chev or Chev, short for Chevalier uh, or Chevalier. Chev. My name's Chev. <laughs> right, say, my uh, my was, brain just goes to Dominic Chevalier every time I think ah, of this. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you say that? Chevalier, like a knight? I say it Chevalier. 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 Uh, yeah, we're, I'm going with a vaguely French theme for Jaquees. So, yeah, Chevalier. But he just calls a, a Chev. Chev. Yeah, Chev or Chev, depending on uh, how nice the company is. And uh, he has the features. He has perception and investigation skills. But Chev no does? features. Yeah, no, no features that would help with uh, this. Gotcha. So I was about to say, uh, so each of you right now uh, have one Pokemon that is your active Pokemon. Tigre the Abra is uh, essentially not a viable combatant Pokemon. Uh, Tigre, Tigre, as you know, is uh, currently busted in a way. Tigre's currently busted in a way. He got hurt, and I was trying to help him, and he's just kind. Of <coughs> uh, that's why he's ow. That that's why he's around my neck. Do I know anything about uh, Abras? About Abra? Or maybe um, how to like comp one? Well, are you looking to like figure out in the moment, or are you trying to recall information? Trying to recall information right now. Go ahead and give me a nature check then. Okay. Not bad. Nature's in my skill set. That's a 21. A 21. Uh, I think that you have a very, very basic knowledge of what this creature is. Abra are not common by any stretch of the imagination. They are not a Pokemon that is around people a lot at all. Because have I usually, seen one before? I think that you have maybe read your aunt's notes once. Okay, but I've never seen one. No, I think that when okay. uh, when Jaquees walked into a room with an Abra, it was a what moment. Okay. But so I think that you, you can tell me what is some sort of basic thing that you were able to do to to calm this Abra, uh, to loosen its grip on uh, Jaquees' throat. He's okay. He's just friendly. <coughs> um, jeez, I don't know. Um, uh, <sighs> Trying to think Pokemon wise. <laughs> Wait, I know, I know what'll what'll work. This has worked in the past, and I think Jake Wee's unst- uh, unstrings his loot from his back. That's right, he's Dandelion from Gerald of Rivia, <laughs> and with permission, he'll try to do a little ditty on the loot. Definitely don't play music. They hate that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Kidding. Oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe is that it? Maybe a nice tune. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll suggest like a type of tune i don't know yeah like like a slow yeah, like, like a slow soft. melodic tune something soft it's not your ripping power chords like you usually do on your loop something, <laughs> I usually something gentle. throw down on this bad boy 
<laughs> I'm usually, uh, it's just power chord E, power chord A. All I'm doing is playing Metallica, like literally. So yes, Sarah Bareilles. <laughs> I, I think I think Jakewee's uh, like absolutely slams an E chord, and is, and then you say, you know, the grip tightens for a moment as you slam the uh, E chord. Yeah, maybe something like soft and and calm. Oh. And then I roll plus performance. Natural one. <laughs> you break a string. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, isn't that just the way? Uh, <laughs> my name's Jake Weiss, by the way. I know we met earlier, but it wasn't really meeting. Um, uh, hi. And I, he extends a big meaty palm towards you. Hey, Virgil, and I uh, extend my elbow. It's social distancing. Oh, yeah, because of the plague that's happening? <laughs> I'm kidding, I shake your hand. <laughs> There's no plague in Kanoko right now. Right now. Kanoko virus. Um, oh, God. Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, that lady was a little scary, but I, I think yeah, she meant well. Really scary. But she, she was, like, also really nice. She just looked scary. Sorry about your parents. What? Didn't you tell us back there that you were... No, sorry. Uh, never mind. You said that way was north? Okay, let's go. Uh, and he starts walking west. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Just forget Forget I said anything. All right. As you walk west through I'm the gonna forest. I'm going to draw Abra in my book. <sighs> you do. Jaquise, you move ahead a stupid, little bit. Stupid, 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 stupid. As Virgil is uh, drawing a picture and, and taking some cursory notes about this Abra. Virgil... One particular feature of this Abra that you noticed is it does have a scar that seems to be healing on the side of its face, uh, a long line on one side, and you take note of that as you start to do your drawing. But Jaquees, you move ahead and sort of trying to recover from this uh, social faux pas that you have committed once more, walking through this forest, it makes you think of what brought you here in the first place. Tell me about leaving home. Oh, leaving home. Not the Orange Islands. I remember now. No, it's, it's, um, I'm, uh, Gallerina Village. Yeah, Sabine, my sister, governor. And I, I shouldn't really go back, really, until everything's blown over and Monsieur Bisset isn't so mad at me. I've been in the woods pretty much since then. Uh, messages and packages, delivery and stuff. And I, I like it, but, um, you know, Chevy got kicked out too, and we're supposed to look after each other, but, uh, you know... Chevy. And then uh, uh, I woke up on the beach with Ellie licking my face, and water isn't her favorite. No. No. Nope. Nope. Arena. Focus. 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 And you focus in and you focus more on the specific incident that got you kicked out with Monsieur Bissette? I- I'm leaving it somewhat comically uh, vague. Uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, I think it was something to do with his. A gift or curse, which is light and really subtle telepathy, where sometimes he will pick up on extrusive thoughts, things that people are, are thinking or saying, and be confused as to whether or not they were actually said or told to him, or in fact, innermost secrets or 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 things like that. And I, I never want to use that Jonah to like get one over on on an NPC or a PC such as Andrew. Uh, such as uh, Virgil, but I, I think it is it is the thing that he's been struggling with and part of the reasons that he has trouble with people. 
because with Pokemon, it's usually a lot simpler. If you read Chevy's mind by accident, uh, it's usually just don't come near me or I'll scratch you again, but good. But with people, it's a lot messier. Yeah. But so we, we go back to the conversation with your sister, Sabine, right before you left. You're in her office. It's you know, fairly scarce. Uh, Gallerina Village is not a, a huge settlement by any means, uh, but y'all mostly do enough to get by. Uh, Monsieur Bissette is uh, definitely one of the more prominent figures in a town of not many. Oh, he's so mad. He's so mad. He's so mad at me, and I didn't mean to. Well, he's not happy, Jayquees. Oh, he's so mad. Oh, with the turnips. Oh, oh, with oh, the entire turnip cart. And he's so mad at me. Well, you know, maybe he wouldn't be if this wasn't the first time, but this has kept happening and kept on and kept on. And Jayquees, you got to get a hold of yourself. I'm, I, I, I am, I am really trying. I, I know you keep saying that, but these things keep happening and people keep on getting more and more upset that you keep on getting in their minds. Like, j- shut it off. Stop it. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fight for you, but I can't keep on if you keep doing it. I, you, you gotta, gotta help, help me help you. you. Jake Weiss. I think he says it at the same time. This is what I'm talking about. Is there something going on? Is there, have I, have I done something? Has somebody done something? No, 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 I'm not, I'm not lashing out. I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm not, uh, yeah, maybe some time away would be good. You just seem very scattered and you're always into somebody else's mind. You you barely seem like you know where you are half the time. Town is really loud. Well, maybe you should go somewhere quiet. Maybe I should go somewhere quiet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that to you. I don't want to do that to you because I know it's dangerous to go outside the city. I can tell you do want to do that. I know I can tell I, I right now I can tell that this is what you want. And I'm sorry to just make it as plain as that, but I can literally feel it. <laughs> I can literally feel it in my own mind as though it was the, the thing that I was feeling. So Okay, yes, um, yes, okay, okay, yes, okay. I also don't blame you um, as weird as that sounds, I uh, forgive you and I should go. Now, we're not going to send you alone, okay? We're not just going to boot you Is out. Is it Mr. Is he coming with me with his turnips? Nah, I don't think that that would be helpful to anyone. No, I don't think so either. <clears throat> you can take Chev. And she looks in the corner and you see... <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this muscular, <laughs> scarred, old Evie, who looks just immediately as soon as he makes eye contact with you is just over it. The naughty boy. <laughs> naughty by nature. Naughty by nature. Um, well, I guess nothing will mess with me if I have, if I have good old Chevalier with me. Wow, you're really getting two pidgeys with one stone here. You're not wrong. No, I don't want you to get hurt. I know. I want you to be safe, and I want you to come back. But come back when you've cleared your head, and when you can stay out of other people's. Got it. I got it. I'll do that. <clears throat> I love you, Jayquees. I do. I know you do. I love you, too. And, uh, I think Jayquees goes and packs his bag. You, you pack your bag, and then as we're looking at the bag, you sling it on your backpack, and next thing we know, we see you a good little while later. Now, 
doing work as a messenger, taking letters and packages and things of that nature back and forth. What What is the particular uh, package or letter that you have right now that you are trying to deliver? I think it's a will. I think it's like 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 a sealed document and like like important, you know, trusts and, and stuff like that. And Jaquees, I think, has a very, um, shall we say, informal relationship with written language. And uh, he doesn't know what it says, but he knows where he's supposed to deliver it. Nice. And to whom? And are you taking it to Shiitake? Are you yeah. taking it to another uh, nearby town or settlement? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Awesome. So we see you, and you are running along with Chev, who is keeping a fair amount of distance from you, uh, as you all are both you know, going in the same direction. But Chev is just g- giving you a wide berth, so you don't try to do anything stupid like pet him. Yeah. I think this is the time where we get along best, where it's just like, let's get out on the road and, and roll. And like he, he actually does a pretty good job of like uh, investigating and perceiving and sometimes um, eating local small wildlife and stuff and, and just generally being a terror. But on the actual movement path, I feel like he's happy to stretch his uh, scarred and extremely burly EV legs. Hey, Joe. Yeah. I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Is your character Danley Lion and your Evie Geralt? Because <laughs> it kind of sounds like your Evie is Geralt. I did not. So, in, in all honesty, I began sketching this character as Gerald, as Jerry Seinfeld of Rivia. And, um,. Now he's dandelion. <laughs> I think you just like I think you got it on the like backswing with the Pokemon. Like it hit me in uh, the description of you two walking together and doing well on the road oh because God. it's like well at least he'll keep his distance from me. Excuse me. At least he'll keep his distance from me. Hmm. 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 Uh sorry. Oh no, it's I just good. Had that realization, it's and I good, needed to voice good. it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there with the class. Yeah, Delaney put me on blast earlier when I was talking about this character. She's like, "You're just making Geraldo." Geraldo. <laughs> Geraldo of Rivia. Geraldine of Rivia. And uh, no, I have made Dandelion. Some are born to Geraldo. Some have Geraldo thrust upon them. So yeah, we're on the we're on the trail, and it, I think it it works pretty well when Chevy and I have like a job. Yeah. Um, and especially if small things like try to. You know, like maybe like a little a, a rattlesnake Pokemon, an Ekans or something. Chevy will get up in its grill, and we, even without a fight, usually we'll just keep on rolling. Yeah, scare off stuff. If there's like a a ratata that tries to step to you, it's, it's nothing doing. Yeah, but on this particular day, it's you and Chev, and you are making your way toward Shiitake City uh, with this will in hand, this sealed envelope. Yeah. And as you are making your way along, it's nice because it's quiet. It is very quiet here. Yeah, I, I went away from the, the, the actual road. I think I found a shortcut that I thought might be you know useful. And as you are going along the way, weirdly enough, there is noise for a moment. Not human thoughts, but there is a, um, an echo, a feeling uh. of help. Oh, of danger, of help. Chev. Of uh, fear. Chev. And Chev looks totally unaware, just looks at mm. you 
<laughs> I, 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 I slow down because I think we were really booking, you know. I think Jake Weez is in, in good shape. He's got that uh, athletics proficiency. But I, I think he, like, sort of slows down to a trot and then to, like, a walk and then stops. And I think Chevy, like, sort of reluctantly stops as well and begins to lick his paws, like, under the shade of a nearby tree. And I say, Chev, you, 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 you hear that? You smell that? Hmm. What is that? And uh, can <laughs> the, I discern? The, the, thought, the thought is, hmm, but the actual sound is, Evie! <laughs> you know that little Evie sound? <laughs> it can't be Evie. 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 You know what? I've changed my mind. Evie. This is the one Evie. 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 <laughs> Evie. Evie. Uh, and I, I try to locate its direction. Uh, I don't know if it's... I, I don't know if if I'm sensing something real or, or like, psychically. Uh, I'm going to try to, like, survival track wherever it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Just give me a general wisdom. Oh, okay. Uh, 14 wisdom check. 14. I think that uh, you start trying to do standard survival skill type things as you are looking around, but um, you are not seeing any particular uh, tracks that seem outstanding Mm. or that would indicate this uh, danger or what have you uh, offhand. But then uh, after a moment, the the echo, the the voice comes back again with with help, Mm. help, and it is louder this time. Help. You you hear the voice and uh, the, this voice this echo gets louder and so you are able to quickly figure out the the, the direction that you feel like you need to go yeah and quickly you and Chev following behind uh, more out of uh, curiosity than actual you know loyalty and following you mm-hmm. but just like I wonder what he's up to now I think it's new it is new this is this is a different sort of energy and yeah I- uh, new experience for you for certain. I've never been able to, like, use it in such a useful way before. Do you know what I mean? And just, like, Absolutely. following, like, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as you uh, go along, you, you get closer, and it gets louder and louder until you come upon an Abra in a trap of some sort. Um, and it's weird because normally from uh, what little bit you've heard of creatures like this, it, it would just teleport away. Oh, yeah. But this one is, is here in this trap. It is... Um, bound in this way and you see that there are some sort of like some sort of runes on this that are uh i would say different than the runes that are carved on the uh apricorn pokeballs Mm. Uh, but there's some sort of something on here and it looks like there's been some sort of maybe it's berry juice or something or other but this seems like some sort of specialized trap oh uh, that this abra has been caught in and is currently struggling and struggling to get out you actually see that there is a a very faint purpley glow in the eyes of this abra as it is struggling and trying to get out and it uh reaches out towards you and you feel like maybe it would be trying to use telekinesis or something to push you away but there's just nothing happening there and as it looks at its own hand and sees that there's no effect of anything it just looks confused uh, and is trying to pull its way out and you notice that there is a cut on this abra's face Oh, little buddy. It's currently bleeding a little bit from this cut as it looks scared and is struggling to get out of this trap. Yeah. Oh, 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 what are you, little buddy? As as he runs up, Jaquees runs up, and I think thud, 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 he, like, realizes the effect he's having on this Abra uh, and it instantly, like, tries to, like, calm his movements. And, you know, hands up, open palms, like, oh, hey, hey, little buddy. Oh, it's, it, don't, 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 no, don't worry. Don't, I'm going to get you out. What is that? Uh, and he's looking at the trap. 
I think first he's going to try to calm the Aber down and get forward and try to show that it, he means it no harm. Great. Go ahead and make a pokey handling check. Ooh, not good. Uh, that is a nine total. A nine total? You you try to calm this Abra and try to um, d- d- get it to just, just chill out so that you can try to do something about the trap, but it's just nothing doing as it's continuing to struggle and struggle, and it looks at you, uh, and it starts to calm for a moment until it looks past you for a moment and then resumes uh, just its absolute just doing everything with its body that it possibly can. You can see that it's definitely straining itself, trying to get out. And behind you, you hear a... Chevy, quit hissing. This is our friend. And I continue to, like, bend down at the trap of the Abra. And behind you, you see that now Chevy is like, Evie. Evie and starts like scratching at your side a little bit. <laughs> Chevy, as, and, as and I turn. <laughs> I love this thing. <laughs> you turn around and you see much bigger than any small Ekans that Chev might have, you know, shooed away at some point. Much thicker and longer and with Hot. long red fangs dripping with venom from its mouth. A black, purple, and golden serpent with a bladed oh. tail looms over you. Oh, roll initiative. Jonah will be doing this. We don't need to help. Um, <laughs> Ten. I don't know. I just realized. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it in the background for the entirety of this recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a ten for um, Jake Weiss. That is a thirteen for the Surviper. <gasps> As it looks at you and these piercing red eyes glare at you. Make a wisdom saving throw, Jake Weiss. Dang. Dang. Is this versus fear? It is versus paralyzed, but are you uh, asking on behalf of your trait? I have fey ancestry, which is versus charmed and can't be put to sleep, so probably not. Well, so in in this world, uh, I have let the boys, if they choose, pick something besides, quote, human for their D&D traits, but... Everybody in this world is human, but mm-hmm. uh, just as uh, fun little extra options I've given this. But so I think that, yeah, there's something about your being out in the wilds and everything. And I think that it, because of the way that the Surviper is doing this with the glare, I think it counts for the purposes of this. Really? Even though it's charmed? Oh, cool. Well, because there's not like a charmed status condition oh, in Pokemon. Like it's paralyzed, yeah. burned, poison and everything. So like if it was like, say, a shroomish trying to stun spore you, it wouldn't count. I love that. But because it's glaring at you. That's a natural 20. I stare back. Natural 20. You glare, glare back. back into the eyes of the Surviper as you can see the dripping fangs. You are more concerned with the well-being of this Abra and Chev than any sort of fright that this thing could put in you. Uh, but that is its turn. You're up. So it's my turn, and I can order Chevy to do something and do something myself? You and Chev, or whichever active Pokemon anybody has uh, at any point, you are on the same turn, and you share action and bonus action, so only one of you could do one of each. And then uh, you both have your full amount of movement, though. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you would have, like, a free interactive object or what have you. Oh, perfect. Uh, So uh, I'm going to shout, 
Uh, Chev, give me a hand. And I have Chev use the bonus action, helping hand. You can use a bonus action on your, uh, your turn to choose one other ally other than yourself within 60 feet who can hear you. Uh, so Chev is using it on me. Uh, can add D6 to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw it makes within the next 10 minutes. Ooh, nice. And then uh, as the action, as Chev, I think, uncharacteristically bounds to my side and, like, wrenches uh, down his, his teeth on this uh, trap, I try to muscle open the trap. Heck yeah. Nice. Give me a strength check then. I like it. Joe Lytus knows what's up. Can I use athletics? Athletics, absolutely. Absolutely. (gasps) That is altogether a... That's a 20. Unnatural. 20. Uh, Chev added six with his helping hand. Oh, nice. Yeah, with that, I think that in the moment of fight or flight, uh, you realize this is what I have to do to leave. And you break it open with the help of Chev. And you scoop up this Abra who clutches you very, very tightly. <coughs> you do what? Do you, do you start running? Uh, do I have that action to do so? You have your full movement, yeah. You will provoke an attack of opportunity from the Surviper if you exit its spot here. Yeah. But you can certainly you can certainly run if you so choose. You do you and Chev both have your movement. So knowing that Chev is evasive, mm. he uh, has the feature runaway. It cannot be the ta- target of an attack of opportunity. I, I am going to order Chev to uh, bolt and then try to sprint out of this thing's reach. Ooh, nice. This Viper. Nice Chev. But n- not before seeing that Chev is out of danger. Yes, nice. As you say that, uh, you tell Chef to get out of there, and Chef says, mm, Get out of there, Chef! And starts sprinting, uh, and you go to follow after as quickly as you can. Steel is for men. <laughs> Silver is for monsters. And the Surviper is going <laughs> to try to give you a little bite. Oh, boy. That is a natural one, though. <gasps> as you, like, You're kidding. kick the snake uh, as the fangs go to snap at you. You, you kick the face of it uh, as you continue trying to run and trying to run. Uh, so then uh, that is your uh, movement then. You're just starting to go as fast as you can. Yeah, but I'm keeping an eye on it. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not flat out running. I'm like, like trying to duck and cover around like trees. Uh, I don't know if I know anything about snakes or anything, but I know that, oh man, can I beat one in a straight up race? I don't know. Only one way to find out. You know what? I am flat out running with this Abra. My boy. Just clutching at my windpipe. I am running and I'm just sort of yelling, Chef, Chef, and just like, you know, just urging left, right, forward as as we go. You start booking it with this Abra in hand and Chev bounding in front of you. And as you start to run, the Surviper, that zigzag serpentine follows directly behind you, slithering and biting and chomping. And on its turn, it is going to, with that bladed tail, sling it forth and try to hit you with a poison tail. Ah. Sling it forth. That is only a nine, though. you You are still managing to evade pretty well. I think I, like, almost run into a tree, and I duck as the the thing slams above me into the tree. (laughs) Yeah, it comically, like, accordions in on itself. (laughs) Yeah. As you yeet around it, and then it unaccordions itself and continues the chase. Uh, What do you do on your turn? Just running? Thoroughly yoded. Probably scream. I'm probably screaming. (laughs) It's it's probably comical. I'm probably running into things. Uh, You know, I I have a lot of woods knowledge or whatever, but I don't have the use of my upper body because I'm carrying this baby. 
and I'm, you know, just sort of sprinting, and uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to try to lose it just on a flat-out run, if I can. I, I know it's the forest, and there's probably not many straight lines, mm-hmm. but if if possible, I think it has the advantage left-right, so I'm going to just try to put as much distance between me and it as possible. Mm, okay. Uh, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> comically. <laughs> Vo- voice cracking. As you're doing that, uh, I'll say go ahead and give me, it's not stealth uh, because of uh, the screams, but go ahead and give me another athletics. Money. Money. No. Money. No. No. That's a six. A six. That's a six. Uh. The Surviper catches up to you. As you are running uh, with a, let's see, 23 this time, sinks its teeth into, uh, where does it bite you? Uh, I think I see it coming and I'm, I'm, I'm facing it because I've, I've like tripped and like refound my footing and I've, I'm turning to see where it is and I'm facing it. And the Abra is the only thing between me and it. And I just barrel over my shoulder shielding the Abra from this thing, hunkering over, just sort of presenting my back to it, and it sinks directly into my uh, shoulder and upper trap meat. Mm -hmm. You take 13 points of damage from the bite as the survivor sinks its fangs into your shoulder and then begins to wrap you. Wraps its body around you and you begin to black out. I am unconscious. Well, as you begin to black out, you see these red fangs coming towards you, one of the last things that's in your vision. But then, right before you black out, there is a flash of white and red. And the survivor is no longer on you, and you feel the coiled body of it get thrown off of you. And the very last thing that you see before you black out completely is... A large man who looks to have a sword and shield floating next to him. God? And you black out. (laughs) May I say something? Monsieur Pisset? May I share something? Please do. (laughs) I assume during all of that, Chev was like in a safe place where he could watch and just thinking, (laughs) evil is evil, lesser greater middling makes no difference the degree is arbitrary the definition's blurred (laughs) if i am to choose between one evil and another i'd rather not choose at all (laughs) i'm done damn did you just take a which pokemon are you quiz huh which are pokemon are you which pokemon are you Geralt of rivia (sighs) i'm upset but from that blackout we come back and you are now back in this same forest not that far from where this incident occurred. Um, if you were, and then I died. <laughs> I'm drawing Evie now, Chev. I think I am bringing this up in just sort of a rambling, non-episodic story format. Wait, really? To, to if if you're listening. Oh, then, then I'm, I'm totally just sort drawing the Survivor it. as you like as you describe it in story. Oh no, it was really cool. It was meaner looking than that though. I put like two little uh, like <laughs> down down pointing eyebrows on it. Honestly, really accurate. Nice. That was that was basically that was re- damn. That uh, oh, uh and this uh and Jonah. Mhm. Can I have a piece of the ensorcelled trap? 
Oh yeah, the 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 trap that you snapped, absolutely. And I, I he holds it up in the light, and he says, uh, "Are the runes still there?" Go ahead and give me a flat D twenty roll. <laughs> you want to let the kid that's really good at magic? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, there is there is some amount of it there. There is not the whole thing. The the piece is splintered, and it's just like something that you manage to clutch onto uh, amidst everything else. But there is a, a bit of rune still there. Huh. Actually, now that you now that you mention it, and he uh, Jake Weez pulls out the ball and compares them. As you look at the two, the rune on the um, the trap is uh, much sharper more angular like there, there's more of a, a curved sharpness to it does that make sense almost uh, like yeah. thorny if i had to like describe it mm. uh, whereas the runes on the the apricorn the pokeball are more um of like a solid uh block and straight lines and things like that it's, it's very geometric it's very dwarven yeah yeah a little bit more yeah um, if you're gonna compare it to something yes. can i make a arcana check on it sure well, that's balls. Uh, that's a 10. You're 12. I'm 12. You're 12. I'm six. Whoa, no, I'm 17. Wow, I guess I turned 17 last week. Oh. Wait, last week was your birthday? Yeah, I guess I forgot about it because I had viper spit in me and I was dying. Hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean down and quietly whisper in Ellie's ear, Go find something cool. And she bounds off to find something. Do I make an investigation check? Within eyesight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Make an investigation check. Do I use my investigation? Uh, If she's looking, it would be hers. It's her. Okay. I'm I'm still a little unclear on how that functions. Yeah. So if she is doing it. That's not bueno. (laughs) She'll use hers. But I'll say since you're proficient with investigation, she can have advantage. Because a lot of the time, the function of the Pokemon traits is that you're making a check. And if they are proficient, they can give you advantage on it. Okay. Mm. But since she's doing it and you're proficient, I'll I'll let her have advantage. Okay. Well, minus one regardless. Oh, God. It's an eight. An eight? There's not much here. The the bits of, like, she finds a berry tree, but it looks like it's been picked clean by the local wildlife. Uh, she's not able to find uh, anything cool in this particular moment. Does she bring back anything? She brings back a stick, because fetch is good. Cool. I, I pick up the stick, and I'm like, happy birthday. Uh, oh. Y- you can play fetch with Ellie. Hey. Oh. Oh, thanks. Uh, I have... Uh, I have a uh, I, I have a, a treat. Does she like Does she like sausages? Yeah, she likes sausages, right? Yeah, she's a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's a dog. Yeah, yeah. Can I give her it? Yeah, sure. Anytime. Oh, cool. Well, Sabine always says you, you should make you should make they should do something first. So, uh, 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 fetch uh, Ellie, and I throw the stick. She she goes after the stick. Yeah, she's such a good girl. Uh, bring it here. Bring it here. And she does. Oh, good girl. Good girl. And I, I give her the little little end of sausage, which I can only assume has a little bit of uh, a mill tank in it. It has a mill tank in it? Probably not. It's a nondescript sausage. Don't worry about it. Nondescript. It's it's veggie. A veggie sausage. It's beyond meat. It's an uh, impossible burger sausage. It's like soy. Good. Awesome. Um, <laughs> it's an impossible sausage. You ever notice, Virgil? Thanks for the birthday present, by the way. You ever notice how, you know, it never feels like anything to get another year older yeah it i just feel the same 
Maybe because it's happening so slowly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, when's your birthday? Um... Don't, are you the, are the the months are the same. Uh, the months are the same. Months are the same. Uh, well, if this is the 1100s, then technically we are still in the Augustan system. It's the 1000s, and in Kanoko, they do it like we do it. November 17th. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll remember that. It's up here. Okay. Yeah. Um, we should get there pretty soon. Like any second now? Like when we stop talking? I think so. Okay. We should probably stop talking then. (laughs) (laughs) And as you all approach the outskirts of Shiitake City, you look around and are keenly aware of all of the movement of the forest, uh, all of uh, the breeze through the trees and the, the shaking of the branches and Pokemon flying through and skittering through the underbrush and whether large or small, living in their space. But as you all are walking through this forest, uh, observing your surroundings and taking note of these things, you see very close to you both uh, some rustling, some movement in the nearby bushes. But that's where we're going to end the first episode of Kanoko Origins. Pokemon!